Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَوَصَّيْنَا And we have enjoined. الْإِنسَانَ The human being, بِوَالِدَيْهِ With both his parents. Now these are not the words of Luqman. Okay? The speech of Luqman will continue after a couple of verses. But in the middle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us something. This is known as Jumla Mu'taridah. You know, for example, you're narrating something. But in the middle, you interrupt and you add something else. Okay? Why do you do that? Because it's essential. It's necessary. You have to mention that point over there. So, وَوَصَّيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ We have enjoined upon man with his parents. What is it that Allah has enjoined upon man? What is it that he should do with his parents? It's not mentioned directly here. It comes later on. And that is gratitude, good treatment. أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكَ Why is it that man should be good towards his parents? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a reason. Hamalathu, she carried him. Ummuhu, his mother. Wahnan, weakness. Ala wahnin, upon weakness. Why is it that every person must be good with his parents? Because the mother carried him. How? Weakness upon weakness. The word wahn is from the root letters waw, ha, noon. Wahn. And that means weakness, feebleness. It's basically darf fil amal, you know, in one's action, in one's affair, also in one's bones. So she grows in her weakness as the pregnancy progresses. She bears hardship upon hardship as the pregnancy continues. It only grows her in weakness, diminishing her strength. If you think about it, you know, many women all their lives, they've never taken any supplements. Ever. But what happens? As they get pregnant, they have to take supplements on a daily basis. Why? Because their iron reserves are very, very low. Right? Calcium. I mean, so many things, they just go down. So, Wahnan ala wahn, difficulty upon difficulty, hardship upon hardship, and this hardship only increases the woman, the mother in weakness. And then when she gives birth, it's not over yet. Allah says, Wafi saluhu, and his weaning, meaning the weaning of the child, is fi amain in two years. The word fisal, fasad lam, fasala, literally means to create a distance, and fisal is used for weaning. What is weaning? When a child is taken off of breastfeeding. Meaning, the mother stops nursing the child. Why is that called fisal? Because it creates a distance between the mother and the baby. Between the mother and the child. Right? Because if you think about it, when the mother is nursing the child, there is at least, for example, minimum five times, minimum six times, depending on how frequently she's nursing the child, that she will hold her baby. But now what happens? As he's two years old, he's running around, all day she can leave him, right? She's gone to work, she's busy somewhere. The child can spend the whole day without the mother, technically. So this creates a gap. So, وَفِصَالُهُ fi amain. This weaning is in how many years? Two years. Meaning after birth, she nurses him for two years. And two years is the maximum period that a mother can nurse her child. So this is why, anishkurli. What is it that Allah has obligated? Wasayna? Wasayna what? Anishkurli. That you be grateful. To who? To me. To Allah. Waliwalidayka. And to both your parents. Ilayya al-masir. To me 
is the destination. Be grateful to Allah, be grateful to the parents. Why? Because their favors are many. And to Allah is the final destination, so He will recompense you for your kind treatment of your parents. Now we learned earlier that wisdom is gratitude. Right? So many times it happens that when we're thinking about parents, we wonder, why should I be grateful? Right? Why should I be grateful? I didn't get this. In fact, I suffered in this way, I suffered in that way. My parents deprived me of such and such. You know, many times when you ask children about how their parents are and everything, there's a whole list of complaints. Right? And many times it's not just the children, it's even adults. Way in their 30s and their 40s, they have a list of complaints against their parents. I'm not saying that parents are perfect human beings, they have no errors. They have their errors. Trust me. You don't know the guilt that parents live with every day. The guilt that they live with. I wish I did not say this to my child. I wish I did not do this to my child. I wish I taught him this. I wish I didn't teach him this. These are, you know, normal feelings of parents. Right? But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us over here? A lesson in gratitude, right? That be grateful to your parents for the very fact that your mother gave birth to you. That is enough of a reason. That she gave birth to you. She carried you for nine months. And then it wasn't over. She nursed you. So be grateful to your birth mother. Be grateful to your biological mother. Even if you have no connection with her. Even if she put you up for adoption. Even if, you know, whatever she did, that is her responsibility. That is her sin. Right? But the fact that she gave birth to you, that is enough of a reason that you are grateful to her. And notice over here, be grateful to who? Walidayk. Right? Both your parents. But if you think about it, whose ihsan is mentioned? The mother's ihsan is mentioned, that she carried him. But the thing is, that we have to be grateful to both mother and father. Because mother carried you. Because she couldn't carry you without the father. Right? She couldn't carry you without his support. Without his help. Without his assistance. The thing is that, a person cannot be a good servant of Allah until he is good to his parents. It's not possible. Because out of all human beings, whose ihsan is the greatest on us? The people that we live amongst. I'm not talking about the Prophet ﷺ. I'm talking about people that we are living amongst. It is who? Our parents. And if we don't acknowledge their favor, can we then acknowledge the favors of Allah? If we cannot be grateful to those who are in front of us, can we be grateful to the one who is in ghaib whom we cannot see? So gratitude to Allah, you know, being a good servant to Allah, this is impossible without being a good child. And a good child doesn't mean that your parents are happy with you. They are 100% pleased with you. In the following verses, we'll see how parents can be very upset with you and force you to do what is wrong. Being a good child means that you are grateful to your parents. You acknowledge their favors. But of course, you have your principles, your rules in your life. Right? Now, if you think about it, the parents, what is their ihsan on us? The fact that they're the reason for our existence. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them the sabab, made them the cause, the reason for our existence. 
And now notice, both the parents are mentioned, but the mother's ihsan is mentioned. Why? Because the right of the mother is more than that of the father. And why is that so? Because her sacrifice is, is what? Greater from the very beginning. Not just the pregnancy, but even afterwards. Not just the birth, but even afterwards. Isn't it? How often does it happen that if a child is crying and the father is holding the child and the baby is crying, you'll just say, oh, he's hungry. You know, nurse him. Right? This is how many fathers will just offload the child. You know, I don't know how to change a diaper. I don't know how to do this. He needs you. Right? The baby needs you. So the mother's sacrifice is definitely greater. And this is why you're familiar with the famous hadith about how the Prophet ﷺ advised a man to be good to his mother. Your mother, your mother, and then who? Your father. Yes. Um, I look at these verses and I'm like, maybe I can't relate so much to the fact that like she gave birth to me. I mean, my mom gave birth to me and she fed me and stuff. But as a girl, I can relate to the fact that she had to go through well, the menstrual cycle and like the pain that comes with it. And like as someone who has experienced pain and stuff due to it, I can be like, that must have like killed, yeah. you know? And, and you could multiply that pain like a thousand times maybe? No, seriously. And then after birth, imagine for how long she is bleeding, right? Really, if you think about it, you can relate with it. You don't have to wait to become a mother in order to understand the sacrifices of your mother. Just look at little children. And when they start annoying you and you look for the mother, where is the mother so I can give this child back to the mother? Think about your mom. She couldn't give you to anybody else. Right? So be grateful to your parents. And this is one of the hardest things to do. You know that? It is actually one of the hardest things to do, to be grateful to your parents. Because we take it for granted, right? And to say thank you to your parents, is sometimes it feels so awkward because you've never said it. You've never said it. You know, for example, for some of us to say to our parents, I love you, you know, thank you so much, or whatever. It's so strange because it's just never happened. But you feel it, you have that emotion. But after that, you have to extend and exercise. If you don't do that, the gratitude is not complete. So you have to do it. You have to try so anishkurli wali walidayk ilayya al-masir to me is the return this is something so interesting allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us of the hereafter over here hisab with allah allah has ordered us to be good with our parents and he will ask us about our treatment of our parents you know when we do something good to someone like for example parents are good to their children they're expecting that okay Children will help us. You know, when we're older, my child will take care of me. But children, when they're looking after their old parents, for example, what do they expect in return? What can they? Really? Can the parents look after them in return now? No, they can't. So then, who do you expect jaza from? Who do you expect reward from? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes it happens that you're trying your best to be good to your father, to be good to your mother... Right? You're focusing on the positive, but they're focusing on the negative. What do you do? Expect ajr from who? Allah. Because ilayya al-masir. To Allah is the return. in and if. Jahadaka. They both strive against you. They do jihad against you. 
they're doing jihad against you. For what? Allah upon, on that, tushrika, you associate, be with me, meaning with Allah, ma that which, laysa laka, you do not have, bihi of it, ilmun, any knowledge, meaning any evidence, any proof, any authority, meaning you have no authority to associate partners with Allah, but your parents are forcing you. They're doing jihad. You know, to make you do shirk with Allah. They're forcing you, they're pressuring you with all their might. Then what should you do? What should you do? فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا Then do not obey either of them. Huma, both, mother and father. You do not obey the mother here, even though her right is greater. You do not obey the father here, even though he is your father. You do not obey them. Obedience in this regard is prohibited. But general goodness is not prohibited. Okay? Obedience in other matters is not prohibited. It's only in which matter? In the matter of shirk. And then it's further emphasized, وَصَاحِبْهُمَا And accompany them both. dunya in the world, meaning in the life of the world, how? Ma'rufa In appropriate kindness. صَاحِبْهُمَا Sahib From the root letters, صَادْحَابَ Suhba. What is Suhba? Companionship. By the way, the word Sahaba, is it from the same root? Hmm? Yes it is. Why are the Sahaba called Sahaba? What's the definition of a Sahabi? What's the definition? Someone who saw the Prophet ﷺ and believed in him. Hmm? Yani he had some time of suhba with the Prophet ﷺ, some kind of companionship. Saw him, sat with him, ate with him, traveled with him, fought and all of that. There's some suhba, companionship. So Allah says that with your parents, sahibhuma, accompany them. Which means spend time with them. Live with them. Sit with them. Talk to them. Sahibhuma. dunya in the life of this world, ma'rufa in a good way. In a way that is reasonable, good, kind. Very interesting. dunya in the world. Because which kind of parents do you think will force their children to do shirk? Mushrik parents. Those who themselves do shirk. Right? So, but still in the world, isn't there a relationship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made between the two? There is. So acknowledge that relationship. Even though they're from a different religion, they're doing shirk. And they hate your Islam. Still you have to be with them. You have to give them their rights. Just don't obey them in matters which are prohibited. Otherwise, Live with them in appropriate kindness, honorably, with decency, like Ibrahim salam did. And when he parted from his father, he said, "Astaghfiru lak Rabbi. I will seek forgiveness for you from my Lord." So even though ihsan to parents is necessary, what do we learn over here? If the parents tell you to do something wrong, then do not obey. The rights of Allah are greater, always, always. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas anhu, he said that four verses were revealed about me. He said the first was when my mother swore she would neither eat nor drink until I left Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Allah the Exalted revealed this verse. وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا So don't obey them in this regard, but in worldly matters, keep doing good. 
That just because they're doing something wrong, you don't have to do wrong in return. If they're being bad to you, you don't do bad in return. Just don't listen to them when they tell you to do something wrong. Otherwise, always be good. Generally what happens? If somebody is treating us in a wrong way, what do we think? It's justified for us to do wrong in return. But over here we see that their error does not justify your bad treatment of them. Do not even let idol worship be an excuse for you to be bad to your parents. Now think about it. If the parents are righteous, then is there any excuse to be bad to them? If the parents are righteous, is there any reason to be bad to them then? Is there any justification? No, there isn't. Asma bint Abi Bakr radiallahu anha, her mother was a mushrika. Alright, when she came to visit her in Medina. And she wanted to stay with her. She was also expecting some kind of, you know, good treatment from Asma. So Asma radiallahu anha, she didn't let her mother in, in her house. Imagine. She's like, you're a mushrika. You're not welcome. She went to the Prophet ﷺ to ask, what should I do? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Sili ummaki. Be good to your mother. Maintain this tie with her. Let her in. Have her stay with you. Be good to her. That yes, she's a mushrika, but her status as a mother is not finished just because she's a mushrika. You understand? Now think about it. We don't forgive our parents sometimes because of something wrong that they've done to us. Or to somebody else. Shirk is which kind of lulm? Which kind of wrong? The greatest, the worst. Even if parents are doing shirk, still Allah says, صَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا What if the parents are not doing shirk? What if it's a sin lesser than shirk? What if it's the sin of riba for example? Or zina for example? Or any other major sin? Lying for example? What happens is that we think parents have to be perfect human beings. Perfect human beings. As if a person is you know, 30 years old or 40 years old, they just have no faults left in them. They have to become an angel. And then when we see the faults in our parents, all of a sudden we have no respect for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us over here that we must have respect for our parents even though they may have errors in them. They may have faults in them. We see those faults. So for example, we might see in our parents that for instance they're rude. They don't have good akhlaq. They don't speak politely. They're not honest. They're this, they're that. It doesn't matter. Their faults are for them. Our duties are for us. What is our duty as children? صَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Be with them in the world in a good way. But in terms of religion, who should be your role model? وَاتَّبِعْ And follow. سَبِيلَ Way Of who? Man of the one who anaba ilayya. The one who has returned to me. Anaba from the root letters نُون وَابَ Inaba. What does inaba mean? To return. So the one who has returned to Allah, meaning the one whose goal in life is Allah's pleasure, who's striving towards Allah, that person, his way, that is what you have to follow. ثُمَّ إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ Then to me is your return. فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ Then I will inform you بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Of that which you used to do. What do we see over here? In religious matters, you follow the way of those who have turned to 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You take inspiration from those who are seeking Allah. That how did they deal with such trials? Do what they did so you too can be successful. Now if you think about it, the way of Allah, right? The way of Allah, Sabilullah. Sometimes it is described as the way of Allah and sometimes it is described as the way of the one who has turned to Allah. Sabila man anaba ilayya. It's the same thing. Sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim. It's the same thing. Right? The way of Allah, the way of Abu Bakr, right? Because Abu Bakr was on the way of Allah. Same thing. As long as the person is of the mun'ameen, of those who are blessed. Sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim. Right? So, let's look at the example of Abu Bakr anhu. How did he deal with such a situation? He was of those who had anaba ilayya, who had turned to Allah. Remember, the father of Abu Bakr anhu, he didn't embrace Islam until Fath Makkah. Until the conquest of Makkah. Okay? And the father of Abu Bakr anhu was one of the elders of Makkah. He was of, you could say, the, the group of, you could say, Abu Talib. Right? The elders. Now, Abu Quhafa, that, that was his name, he was not really pleased with the Islam of Abu Bakr And not just that, he wasn't pleased with the fact that Abu Bakr was so charitable. That he was putting his own life in danger to protect the Prophet ﷺ. That he was practicing Islam and because of that his life was in danger. He was losing his friends. Remember Abu Bakr used to pray openly and the mushrikeen prohibited him from that? Right? Abu Bakr anhu once he was protecting the Prophet ﷺ and the people beat him up so much that he passed out. Right? And when he regained consciousness, he was concerned about who? The Prophet ﷺ. Then Bilal anhu, who bought his freedom? Who set him free? Abu Bakr anhu. And Bilal was not the only slave that Abu Bakr bought and set free. Many slaves. So Abu Bakr anhu had a lot of money, but his money was basically decreasing because of Islam. And his father did not like that. And in Surah Al-Layl, at the end of Surah Al-Layl, وَلَسَوْفَ يَرْضَى We learn about Abu Bakr anhu that his father used to criticize his spending. So, he used to say that if you are going to buy slaves and set them free, you might as well you know, set those slaves free who are strong, who can actually benefit you in some way. What is Bilal going to do for you? What are these guys going to do for you? They can do nothing. So Abu Bakr anhu, he replied that I'm not doing this to get something in return from these slaves. I'm doing this to get return from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah revealed, wala sawfa yarda, that Allah will be pleased. Abu Bakr anhu, when he did hijrah, what happened? His father came to his house. And he was really upset that Abu Bakr had left. And he said, your father had so much money, he must have taken it with him. What has he left for you? Nothing. So Asma anha, a young girl at that time, she said, no. Our father left a lot of money for us. Eh? And she got a whole lot of pebbles because he was blind, he couldn't see. And she let him touch those that, look, our father left money for us. Okay. Anyway, I'm not discussing whether that's right or wrong. The point here is that Abu Bakr's father was not pleased with Abu Bakr's Islam. He was not pleased. But what did Abu Bakr anhu do? What did he do? Did he stop his Islam because of his father? No. Did he stop his 
عمل صالح because of his father? Did he stop his sadaqah because of his father? No, he didn't. But at the same time, he was good to his father to the best of his ability. And this is what we need to remember also. You have your principles, you have your rules, you have your goals, and you want to achieve them. Do it. But don't forget to respect your parents along the way. You may disagree with them, but disagreement does not mean that it has to be turned into disrespect. So over here in these verses, what do we see? Tawheed is emphasized. Risala is emphasized. Sabila man anaba ilayya. And that is the prophets. And then also akhirah is emphasized. Okay. Now, in the following verses, Luqman's advice, it continues. Let's listen to the recitation. وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنٍ وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنِ حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنٍ وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنِ أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكَ إِلَيَّ الْمَصِيرِ وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَى أَنْ تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبَهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ ثُمَّ إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ I want you to think about something your parents do that or say that you don't agree with. Your heart doesn't agree with it. Your brain doesn't agree with it. You don't like it. You get offended by it. Think about it. Write it down. Cover it, okay? You know the way you punch the code for your debit card and you put your hand on the side so that the person next to you can't see it? So in that way, cover it and write it down. Just write a word or two. You don't have to write a whole paragraph, even though you might want to. What's the solution to this? Whatever it is that you don't like. What do we learn in these ayat? What do we have to do? Especially if we're facing it on a daily basis, what do we have to do? What did you understand from the verses? That if your parents are telling you to do something as bad as shirk, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us? La tuti'huma and secondly, صَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Right? Now ask yourself, is it really something that's wrong Islamically? What you wrote down, is it something wrong Islamically? If it isn't, just cut it out, crush it out, you know, literally scribble over it and tell yourself it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's not as bad as shirk. Is it? Is it as bad as shirk? No, it isn't. So if for shirk Allah is telling us, still be good to the parents, then what about what we're dealing with? Do we still have to be good to our parents? Good. 
Now what you wrote, please destroy it. Rip it out or scribble over it and tell yourself it's okay. Their deeds are for them and my deeds are for me. They're responsible as parents and I am responsible as a child. At the end, إِلَيَّ الْمُصِيرِ To Allah is the return and I have to answer Him. He will ask me not about what my parents did, but about what I did to my parents. Each person will be asked about what he was supposed to do. So let's worry about our own faults. Now write down something about yourself, about yourself that your parents do not like. Don't tell me. Write it down. What is it that offends them? What is it that hurts them? What is it that disappoints them? About me. And now tell yourself, I have to fix this. What my parents do, I don't need to worry about that. What I do, I need to fix that. I have to work on this. Because this is what I will be asked about. Okay. So in the advice of Luqman, while Luqman is talking to his son, in the middle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something. And over here, the ground rules are set. Pay heed to the advice of your parents. Remember their rights, but also remember that the rights of Allah are greater. Subhanakallahu bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.